Well, hello there, listener, and welcome to Better Than Fine here on the NASM Podcasting Network. I am your host, Darlene Marshall. And today we're going to talk about what one of the most foundational, empowering, and vital things that can be keyed into on any fitness and wellness journey, whether you're a coach and a trainer trying to facilitate someone else's process, or you're focusing on yourself and your own path and process through your fitness and wellness. It is huge when you own this concept, when you fully embody the set of ideas that we're going to unpack today, it completely changes how you approach yourself and your own journey. Or if you're there as, as a coach, as a guide, as a trainer, leading someone through their process, when you learn about this concept we're going to talk about today, autonomy, and you really grasp it, it unlocks the keys to someone just really accelerating the process that they're on. So what is autonomy, specifically bodily autonomy, which is what we're going to talk about today? Well, autonomy is your ability to act in your life based off of your own values and interests. So the things that you want for yourself, your goals, that you can go off and pursue them, that you can make the decisions, the choices, not only about what you want, but how you're going to get there. So this concept goes all the way back to ancient philosophy. The ancient Greeks translate the, the word autonomy means self-law. So I've also seen it translated as self-legislation or self-governance. It's your ability to make choices for yourself. And on your fitness and wellness journey, those choices become essential moment to moment, day to day, months and years at a time that build up a life. So this idea of autonomy is built on one of the most foundational theories in behavior change, in, in choice psychology. So if you've already studied behavior change, you might have stumbled across the concept of self-determination theory. But if you haven't, let's unpack it a bit. So Richard Ryan and Edward Deci first published their first paper on self-determination theory back in 1985. And for more than 30 years, we've been getting validation for their theories about how we approach our lives, we approach our goals, and if we build our changing behavior in a certain way, in a way that respects self-determination theory, we're going to be more successful, we're going to be happier. So it's been greatly expanded and validated in the over 30 years since that first paper. And self-determination theory is built on the idea that we have three innate psychological needs to have like a high functioning, healthy human life. And when these three needs are met, we're able to, to thrive, to flourish, to pursue all of the things that we want for ourselves. So whether you're you know, working as a fitness professional, obviously we want our clients to thrive and to do well, they'll get results and they'll pursue it in their life. And if you're someone working for your own fitness and wellness, that's what we want, right? We want a, a life that's built in well-being. So what are these three foundational needs in self-determination theory? Well, the first is autonomy. We get to choose what we want. We get to choose how we go after what we want. We, we get to decide for ourselves. So with autonomy comes competence. Do we have what we need or could we build the skills? Could we get the resources to go after the things we want? Right? We all know that feeling of like we really want something. We know what we want. We've got this goal, but like, and we just, we just don't think we can pull it off. It means you're lacking competence. 
And so we want autonomy, we want competence, and we want relatedness. We want to know that what we do, the choices we're making, the goals that we have, they integrate with who we think we are, with the people that love and care about us, and with our greater society, our greater culture. So this relatedness is that feeling of belonging and acceptance within ourselves and within the greater world. And so all of these things together are the three foundational pillars of any meaningful behavior change. Now, if you think about it, most people hate being told what they can and cannot do. They hate feeling like they can't do something or they're doubted by other people that they can't pull it off. And they really don't like it when people who are important to them undermine their efforts, their actions, um, or they do the thing that feels aligned and important to them and people outside themselves like belittle or tease them, um, they have a negative reaction. Those three core feelings, those are those three foundational pillars to self-determination theory. That's your feeling that it doesn't jive. It has a massive impact on the journey for taking care of yourself, for growing as a person, for making your progress. Like if, when you embrace and embody these ideas and you're able to step fully into them, it's like pressing down hard on the gas pedal towards your progress. So when you choose things that you actually really want that align with who you are, you know that you can do them and you have the support of people around you. I think the most effective way that this gets summed up in the coaching world is one of my favorite foundational coaching ideals. You are the expert on you, your life, or the, you know, your, your coach, your trainer, your influencer, whoever it is that you follow, it lines up with you. Your goals, you feel a sense of what's called concordance, this idea that the things that you want that you're chasing actually come from you and they're aligned. And what we're here, this episode specifically is about bodily autonomy, that only you know the history and influences of your life and you have a say in the choices that you make around the exercises you're going to do, the sleep you're going to have, the food you're going to eat, all of the choices that go into the care and maintenance of the body that your consciousness rides around in. So you're listening to the Better Than Fine podcast. I'm your host, Arlene Marshall, and we're talking about the role of bodily autonomy in your fitness and wellness journey. And this shows up all the way up whether we're talking about your personal fitness journey or the journey that our clients and students go on as they are growing in their wellness. So it's not uncommon when I take on a new client or I'm working with a new student for them to tell me, you know, I have tried absolutely everything. Please just tell me what to do, right? I've, I've, I've done every diet. I've done every workout fad. I've tried every kind of foam roller. Nothing works. Nothing helps. Just, just give me the answer. And it makes sense right? Like we get worn out by trying, by doing. A couple episodes ago, it was on wellness overwhelm, that feeling that everything's coming at you and you don't know what to do next. But as a coach or when I'm facilitating workshops, I like to tell my clients, I'm just a visitor in your life. Like you're the one actually living it. I just poke around in there maybe an hour or two a week and try to give you a tune-up, but you're the one out making choices. You're the expert on you. And I genuinely believe 
that if the people that we support as professionals have the information, the support, you know, the, the accountability, but it's accountability to do the thing that they know they want to do, that they're able to fully show up for themselves. So it's the choices that our clients are making align with their sense of their self, their goals, their purpose. That's autonomy. That they have this co-supportive relationship with the people around them, relatedness. And they're given the tools and the, the steps necessary, the resources that they know that they can succeed, that competence checkbox. I see them flourish. I see them take the steps toward thriving. So this is an essential part of any fitness and wellness journey. So how does it show up? Well, when we learn what we don't already know, right? So both externally, we get the information we need. So let's say I've got a client who is confused about how much protein to have or what good sources of protein are. It's not that they don't autonomously want to eat protein. It's not that it doesn't align with their cultural choices. It's that, well, they missed the information. So if I provide them that information, they're going to be more empowered. And if they turn inward and they learn about themselves, what is it that they actually want? What is it that they actually need? that's gonna enhance their choices. They're taking true ownership of their fitness journey, of their wellness journey. And to me, that is the essence of autonomy in the fitness and wellness space. You're listening to the Better and Fine podcast. My name is Darlene Marshall. We're talking about bodily autonomy in fitness and wellness. And this has shown up big in my own life. If you've listened to the interview with Vinny Crispino, uh, that episode is titled Pain Academy. You heard me talk about, I have a chronic illness. It's called Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. And back in 2008, when I was diagnosed, um, you know, that illness affects my joints. And at that moment in my life, I couldn't walk barefoot at all. Uh, I couldn't, couldn't really carry anything in my left arm. I'd start to feel my shoulder joint kind of slide out of place. I couldn't even sit on an upright bicycle. Like if I sat up on a bicycle, I get this pinching, spasming in my hip. It was really unpleasant. And I was only 23. And I really resented being so young and having all of these big problems that people don't normally get until they're in their 60s. And soon after my diagnosis, I was referred to a physical therapist who told me pretty bluntly, like, hey, you've, you've got this chronic illness. It's degenerative. You're not going to get better. Like, you need to lower your expectations was the word she used. And she specifically then started to tick off like all of these things that I used to be able to do because I was an athlete that I wasn't going to be able to do anymore. So she told me I would never run again. Um, I'd never rock climb again. I wasn't going to be able to hike very far. Um, she actually told me that I would be lucky to someday be able to pick up my hypothetical future children off the floor. I fired her uh, because I believed so strongly in that moment that I had to know I could get better because there wasn't another option. And I was lucky enough that this person who made me feel like I didn't have the competence, like I didn't have the support that I needed, and those two things would then whittle away at my autonomy. And I was also lucky to have a really supportive partner and a really great doctor, and they filled in those gaps. But without those things, I don't know who I'd be right now. And one of the great leaps of faith 
when we accept our autonomy is taking ownership of ourselves, right? So as coaches, as trainers, we have to be willing to trust our client in their autonomy and to respect it. And as individuals on our own journeys through life, it's taking that ownership. Now that can be really scary. The question that comes bubbling up in one's mind is what if I'm wrong? I gotta tell you from my own experience, the first five years of that journey after diagnosis, I was wrong a lot. I got hurt quite a few times, but the payoff was all of the things that I learned, all of the lessons that I internalized, everything that helped me to grow. And ultimately that led me into the fitness and wellness spaces. I wouldn't be here doing this right now if I hadn't made those choices then. So we never know where it's going to lead us, but it is a big responsibility. So I believe as coaches and trainers, the responsibility on us is to respect the autonomy of our clients. It is huge. But learning that lesson for me unlocked so much for my clients. So very early in my career, I had this internal monologue that I didn't look like a trainer. I didn't have all the experience of a lot of trainers. And that's because I came from my like physical recovery space. So I had a very different journey than most people into fitness. And that meant that I was really ego fragile, right? I was a little bit manic. I wanted to prove myself to my clients. And it, really it was that I didn't trust myself. Uh, and once I'd kind of learned how to trust myself after a few years, I really thought I was the boss. I loved telling my clients exactly what to do, uh, showing them how smart I was, telling them like, well, these are the habits. This is how you get the results. And I was very prescriptive as a fitness professional. And at my best, yeah, that gave my clients some progress, but it also created this huge codependence, right? They needed me because I was the one with the answers. And it also left me constantly needing new tricks to give them. I had to be able to keep proving that I was the boss. And at my worst, you know, maybe there were times that I was projecting that like boss thing, but I didn't actually know the answers. And I needed to be right so bad that I would pretend that I did. And that definitely ain't good for anybody. And then later on, I learned these ideas around autonomy. And I learned to respect my clients and to trust them. And what happened was my clients became less codependent and less resistant to change because it was no longer me just telling them what to do all the time. It was them learning about themselves and going on this journey where they would grow. And that allowed them to strive and thrive. It also meant that I was judging them a lot less, which creates higher relatedness. And because they feel more safe and comfortable and supported, then they're more vulnerable. I'm let in even further into their minds and their lives. And then I'm able to help them work through some big stuff. And honestly, it just lowered the pressure on having to be right and always prove what's next, which anybody who's been in the fitness industry long enough knows that that can feel like a lot some days. You're listening to the Better Than Fine podcast. I'm your host, Darlene Marshall, and we are talking about bodily autonomy in the fitness and wellness spaces. So I believe that bodily autonomy 
means taking that Greek phrase of self-governance, taking ownership of yourself, your body, your process, your fitness, your wellness. And our coaches, our trainers, our doctors, our partners, and really anyone else that might guide or inform our decisions, taking a step back and trusting us because you are the expert on your life. You own you. So what does this look like? How do we use this in our lives? I think it starts with the belief that each of us is in the process of life and living. And I think that this is actually at the core essence of wellness, this process of life and living. Because I don't really know how anybody could work in the fitness and wellness space and not fully believe that change is possible, that people are responsible for themselves, and that each of us can learn and grow toward thriving. And once we accept that process, then we got to ask, is that process that you're on right now, that journey, your path, is that internally driven or is it externally controlled? So self-determination theory research tells us that when we are internal in our decision-making, when we are intrinsically motivated, when we get to decide for ourselves, so you've got high autonomy, well, that person who's making those choices is going to have greater well-being, higher life satisfaction. They're more likely to um, experience flourishing and happiness. And ultimately, all of those things together lead to greater success in pretty much every measure that we count as a society. So whether it's like going off and getting degrees or making money or having a stable marriage, like pick one, they tend to be better when you feel like you're flourishing, you have high well-being, and you have a sense of choice and agency in your own life. If this regulation, this decision-making that we're talking about, this process of life and living is externally motivated, it tends to only motivate someone in the short term. Uh, they begin to resent the sense of authority of that external regulation. Uh, and eventually they'll start to regress. So what does this look like? A prime fitness example, one that I encounter all the time. Someone comes to me, they say, I want to lose weight. I get it all the time. And I'm not putting a value judgment on weight loss goals or anything like that. I'm just saying that this is a very common ask. And if I start digging into it and I find that they're like, well, I just want to be taking better care of myself. I know that might result in weight loss. Weight loss seems really motivating, but really what's underneath that is I want to make better choices for my health and for my body. Okay. Like that's internally motivated. But if it's something like, well, I just started dating this new person and they're making these negative comments about my body. My mom picks on me all the time. Um, you know, my doctor says that it's not healthy, but there's not really anything wrong with me. They just say, I don't look good. Like, yeah, I want to lose weight. Well, one of those is internally aligned, right? I want better wellness. I think I'll feel better if I, if I change my body composition. The other is very external. And that external motivation we know is short-lived. That person is going to be, is more likely, I should say, to become inconsistent. And even if they get their results, they're, they're less likely to be happy and satisfied with those results because it wasn't really internally aligned. And I believe that to dig into this, to embody it, to embrace your autonomy starts with yourself. It is going inward, 
getting to know yourself on an intimate level and getting to respect yourself and what aligns with your personal choices, what works for you, what is it that you actually want for you. And if you're a coach or a personal trainer, it's about educating your clients. It's supporting them as they go through a process of understanding what it is they're actually working for, what it is they actually want, and gradually by empowering them. And I get amped when I've got a client who wants to learn. But I remember early in my career being told like, well, don't teach them too much because you want to keep them around. No, 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 no. If you have ever heard that, reject that idea because that doesn't respect their autonomy, their choices, their lifestyle. Teach them all of this exciting science that we know and then respect them to make their own decisions for themselves. And then the other big thing I think that we can do is with one another. It's the way that we talk to and support one another in this industry and growing our dreams and our desires and encouraging one another in that way. So I believe very strongly that if we agree that all people are in the process of life and living, underneath that is the acceptance that real thriving and well-being is done together. It's done with mutual respect for one another's autonomy, especially in the care and maintenance of one own, one's own body and in the choices on how our clients, our students, and one another live our lives. And that to me is the essence of bodily autonomy, that we're gonna take care of this vehicle that your consciousness rides around in and respect one another in making the choices in your fitness and wellness journey uh, toward greater flourishing for all. I'm gonna leave it there. If you're listening, whatever platform you're on, please subscribe to the show for more episodes of Better Than Fine. They come out weekly. You can support by writing a review wherever you're listening to. If you're on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe. And if you have thoughts, questions, concerns, ideas, don't hesitate to reach out. You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm Darlene Marshall. Or on Instagram, it's Darlene.coach. And thanks. Thank you.